Welcome everybody to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Matis. Adam, we have gigantic news. Huge news that affects the oh, entire You're going to annoy me already. Okay, go ahead. What is it? NBA basketball is going to come back. Oh, I thought, well, yeah, I thought that's what you were going to say. I thought well, you had like a dad it, joke or something in there. The news is that it was going to like, uh, really, you don't get the joke? You don't understand the joke that I was making? Oh, about the election? <laughs> My goodness, yeah, this is terrible We joke. have huge news is going to affect wow. the entire country. And off, how did you miss that? Off to a rough start here. Okay. Anyway. You and I always talking about the election on our show here. <laughs> the, the good news is this is going to pick back up. There's only one way to go from a, from here to now. Uh, today's show, obviously, like I just said, and the ad, the joke that Adam just missed off, like in in just an embarrassing fashion. How bad of a joke it was. <laughs> uh, the NBA ha- and the NBA Players Association have agreed to return to basketball. The league will kick off on December 22nd and will be a 72 game schedule. So Adam and I are going to spend the first two segments talking about that and the various aspects and angles to all of that, because there's a lot to get to on that front. And then because it's going to be another one of these kind of experiment, experimental seasons for, for a variety of reasons, uh, we are going to, you know, offer up five of our own. Or Adam is going to offer up five of, of, of his yeah, own. I've yeah, already given him a couple, these, and he ignored both of them. Yeah, don't don't take credit for this. I actually I'm very excited for that segment. Um, I have some, you know, some one or two, a little bit forced, but I, I think there's a couple in here that I honestly sincerely would love to see the NBA implement, not just this season, but perhaps something they can implement just forever going forward. They're little they're little tweaks, but I think they would be I think everybody would be on board with them. I'm excited that you're excited about one of my ideas. That's all, <laughs> you know. But like we said, though, let's start with that, with the uh, report, Woj, and I believe Shams also uh, are reported, reported on this one, that the uh, league is going to come back December 22nd. It's going to be a 72-game season, yeah. and uh, they are going to now work on the, the cap and free agency and, and all of those things. And actually, that's kind of where I wanted to start. The, this is going to be a insanely frantic off season where it's going to be, you know, the, the draft, I, somebody lobbed the idea out there on Twitter about whether or not they should move up the draft. Now that they know that they're going to start in, in December, I'm sure these teams have as much information as they can get on them. Maybe move it up an extra week and give everybody time to, to really put their teams together. But how do you think everybody's going to handle an off season? that's basically going to stretch two weeks. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, first of all, that's not entirely fair. Um, this has been coming. It's not like we weren't, or we were not in the off season before this news broke. We, we've kind of seen this coming, well, no, but, it, but I mean, a transaction period, that's going to be, it's going to sure. be. Yeah. Transaction weeks. period will be very, very, very fast. I think you're right about, I mean, there's no question you're right about that. Um, I mean, we might, we, we might be 10 days away from our first trades, you know, <laughs> so the, the trades are going to open up here very, very quickly. And then of course, free agency immediately following, but you're not wrong. This is all fast. This is all, this is all happening in a little bit of a chaotic manner. The one thing is, I told you this on the show last week, Anthony, you, I you didn't really push back on this. You were, you saw it coming as well, mm-hmm. but there were these negotiations going back and forth like, Oh, okay. We're going to try to move it up December 22nd. Oh, they're, uh, you know, you, you were saying the owners were trying to push it up for money reasons. My point was guys, there's no other way for this to happen. Either everybody takes an enormous um, cut pay cut, 
or we end up just doing this on December 22nd and moving forward. So it's really quick, seven weeks away. Um, it's going to be really fast. I think it's going to be a little bit chaotic, including once we get into the season. You know, the NBA did an incredible job of pulling off the bubble. There was the bubble. If you look back at how the NBA bubble went, remarkably smooth, remarkably mm -hmm. smooth on all accounts. Um, including if you go back and think about the protests that that happened in the middle of that bubble and still even with that the NBA was able to handle that and and mm -hmm. and move forward so they handled it really really well we talk about a season that starts in seven weeks and is going to span months this isn't a bubble where it's a blitz and team the pool of players gets smaller and smaller this is going to be you know 30 teams traveling across the country playing in this thing that's getting thrown together so quickly I'm a little concerned Anthony I'm not gonna lie yeah this this definitely feels remember how long it took to put the bubble together it felt like it yeah you remember how long those you know the negotiations went on and whether or yeah. not they were because remember the, the first conversation wasn't even about the bubble it was about whether or not the season was going to take place this was yeah. this is different where they knew all along there was going to be a season they had two starting dates in mind and and now it's about all right we arrived at that decision now we got to find figure out all of these details that are hugely by the way dude we just crossed a hundred hundred and twenty thousand cases today so this is this, of this thing this is this is an important point here because if you think back to the bubble you know in the middle of summer when cases were actually kind of at a low there were still mm -hmm. a lot of players that were late arriving to the bubble uh, because of that a lot of players that tested positive coming into the bubble once you got inside the bubble a, lo a, lo a lot of success in fact total success but getting players into the bubble took a little work we're seven weeks out we're, I don't know, uh, we're four weeks out from training camp. So right. I think a little bit less than that, actually. Less than that. Yeah, less than that, three and a half speaking, weeks speaking, some of these guys should start quarantining like next week. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I'm, I'm certainly concerned with the leagues and each team's ability to sort of arrive at their training camps without these cases. And then, of course, for us to get through a long winter. So it's going to be tough. But here's the thing, Anthony. I don't blame the NBA. And I just know it, it might honestly be the best option on the table. It just there weren't any good ones. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned earlier it's either start now or wait a month and take that take that pay cut. Doesn't exactly shock me that uh, twenty eight of the thirty teams <laughs> were all perfectly fine with not taking that pay cut. And the other two teams that are probably the most concerned about starting up so quickly all over again, their their, their voices probably were kind of lost to the wind on this one. And yeah. and frankly, I kind of understand why. There's, yeah, that's a, that's there's democracy just so much money action. at stake here. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I said that's democracy in action. I mean, you are right. <laughs> there are a lot of teams that have waited. But, you know, you, you think about the schedule and having to throw together a schedule that quick. Now, of course, there aren't huge events being put on, so it's going to be a little bit easier. Usually when you create a schedule, you have to, okay, concerts are in town and where's this book and, yeah. and what are the logistics. Maybe a little bit easier, but still – going to be awfully tough. There's a lot of questions to answer about just the travel schedule for teams. How are they going to handle that? How many back-to-backs are you going to have? Are there going to be back-to-backs with travel? Are you, there was talk at one point about trying to have these series where maybe Denver flies to LA and plays the Lakers two times in a row in LA. Mm -hmm. And then LA flies to Denver, plays Denver two times in a, in a row in Denver. And, you know, maybe trying to do that because then you cut down on, you worry about an outbreak. And if you have a team playing, four or five different teams in one week and then they test positive or a player tests positive. Then you worry about all those teams that they played and everything else. Maybe you try to have teams play each other multiple times in a row. So if there is an outbreak, it's easier to contact trace. Maybe the NBA tries to do that. I suspect that they will try to implement something like that. So a lot of logistics that just have to go into the next couple of weeks 
Um, and it's just going to be absolutely hectic. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take a quick second here. When we come back, there's still a lot more to get to regarding the actual basketball, yeah. for example. we got to talk about who benefits off of this, who doesn't, yeah. <laughs> so uh, sit tight. We'll come back. We'll talk about that. Imagine being one of the schedule makers in the league and seeing that report cross your oh, desk. Oh, wow. yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Like, I personally, are you a procrastinator? I'm a big time procrastinator. <laughs> oh, you? I would never have guessed. <laughs> as we recorded 11:45, um but the i could just imagine somebody just gets the woge tweet oh my god <laughs> gets what? <to> work. yeah <laughs> we have to do what and how quick the so, math behind it's insane so one of the things you start to think about before we get into the season anthony i just yeah i want to ask you this is do you think that this is going to have a big impact on the way teams approach this specific offseason, meaning, do you look to make big trades? Do you do you think teams play a little bit more conservatively? Is this an opportunity? Oh, everybody's going to be conservative, so maybe we can be more. I mean, just how do you think this is going to affect teams' game plan? Because <laughs> there is a real scenario that a player is going to be traded on the day that training camp begins. I mean, just because these things are going to overlap <laughs> so much. You might go yeah. into training camp not knowing who's available to you, not knowing because of health reasons. You might not know because of, well, we're not done with free agency. We only have 11 guys. We're still trying to sign guys to make a full roster. Right. Do you think this changes teams' approach because they're like, we don't have that much time. We have to just play it safe. So I covered the Dodgers for a little while, and um, the trade deadline kind of came and went. And there's this thing amongst people who cover baseball, they have hug watch, right? So usually what you're looking for, if you show up to the, to the ballpark and the trade deadline is there or somebody gets traded, you see everybody kind of gathered in the dugout giving hugs and you tweet out, Oh, we got hug watch. I think somebody just got moved. And I feel like we might get something like that this year for for basketball at media day, for example. And then, You know, in terms of, of the way teams approach this, I, I I really think that you still go gangbusters if you feel like you have a tr- shot at the title this year. And a lot of teams probably feel like they do. Last year's championship was very wide open. The, the, the Heading into the playoffs, you had three teams. that You don't normally get to talk about three teams feeling like they were championship favorites. And the next tier, like the, the, the Nuggets weren't considered in that tier. Well, they were Western Conference Finals team. The Miami Heat weren't considered in that team. They pushed the Lakers to six games in, in the finals. And you now have Brooklyn, who is going to have KD and Kyrie in, in the fold. You're going to have Golden State getting all of their guys back. And I'm sure there are quite a few teams out there who are heading into this year and saying, we might be one move away from 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 really catching up to somebody or, or leapfrogging somebody and putting ourselves at the forefront of, of a championship. And, and – I, I, I feel like that's how, you know, maybe a quarter of the teams heading into yeah. the season probably feel. Let me, let me, let's use the two um, big name disappointments this last year, the Clippers and the Bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, two teams that I think are in win now mode and you look at their rosters and say, okay, if you run it back with what you had, it clearly feels like something was missing from those teams. So if you're the Clippers, you're the Bucks, do you say, okay, now's the time to try to bring in a Victor Oladipo knowing that he might arrive into town on the exact time when training camp begins. And by the way, the season begins a couple weeks after that because everything is muted. Only three preseason games, a couple weeks of camp. Does the, I mean, if you're a team like Milwaukee and you think about a big move, something that really changes the fabric of your team, 
I think it's realistic for those teams to think, I don't know that we can integrate these guys the way we usually can before the season starts to get away from us. Yeah, I, I think it really depends on the player. Oladipo, for example, is a really, really tough one. And, and there was yeah. a report today that teams are reluctant to trade for him because they haven't seen him play long enough right. over the last two years. And so he I didn't think, get a full off. Like, I guess he kind of had a good off season, but I don't know. It's tough. Not, not, not in a traditional way. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and now we're heading straight into the season. Uh, camps open up in a month. So I'm sure teams are really going to be reluctant to trade for Oladipo. And by the way, if he's healthy, he could swing it. You know, if, yeah. if he goes to the right team and, and, and he is, is ready and a hundred percent ready to go. Like that's a, that's a guy who could, you know, change, maybe not turn somebody who's on the outside looking in at, right. uh, at a championship chance, but, but somebody who, if the right team if Milwaukee for for some reason, or the Lakers, uh-huh. if, if one of those elite teams lands him, that changes the way the season looks, but Brett, Bradley, Beal, but I'm not Drew, sure anybody's going to take. Well, Bradley Beal, Drew holiday. These are other guys. I mean, you look at a golden state, yeah. for example, or even a Milwaukee, we can go back to them and say, okay, do they swing for the fence? You really push all your chips in and get Bradley Beal, which I think most of the time you'd say, if you can get a guy like that and keep most of your core intact, okay, that's a great move. But then there's the whole thing of, okay, well, Golden State hasn't played in how long. They haven't really, you know, they, they've been off for almost a full calendar year when you talk about their core guys, if not longer in Clay Thompson's case. Two weeks to integrate an entirely new piece, come back from an injury, and hit the ground running. It's just, I don't know. There's a lot of, I, the, I am not confident that a lot of teams are going to take stabs like that this year, nor am I confident that they should. I think that teams might be a little bit more inclined to to fight for continuity the teams at the top than before but you know there's that rule in in investing when everybody else is being conservative that's when you be aggressive when everyone else is being conservative you be aggressive and you be conservative and i wonder if there's teams that are maybe not at the top of contention maybe they're your philadelphia's with daryl morey who's been known to take these types of approaches (laughs) maybe it's teams that are not quite in that contender range, you know, a Dallas or something like that, that they're trying to climb into there. Maybe they look at that and say, okay, this is opportunity for us. There's some players out there that, you know, maybe we'll take a big swing now because nobody else is willing to, and we might be able to get a deal with it. Beal's an interesting one because I feel like he doesn't need the ball as much as say Chris Paul or Drew Holiday or even Victor Oladipo. Beal's more Mm -hmm. of a a plug and play type talent. And, and I Mm -hmm. feel like if, so Denver, for example, if I were if I were a Denver fan, I would much rather the the Nuggets go after Beal than Holiday, personally. Uh, and 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 it has a lot to do with how quickly things are expected to turn around. If you bring Holiday in there, now you're hoping that Jamal Murray and Drew Holiday can figure out a way to to play in yeah. this two point guard system. And by the way, you also have Jokic, who you want to have the ball more anyway. Whereas Beal. You can just kind of throw him there. He's going to be able to go get his own bucket. He's solid enough defensively, and 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 like that kind of if if a deal for, <laughs> if a deal for Beal presents itself, that's the one that I would really kind of keep my eye on because there is so little turnaround time, and he is such an easier fit with with what most of these championship teams need, right? Like Milwaukee is an interesting one because. If you just upgrade from Chris Middleton to Bradley Beal, you're a better team. If you go for if you go uh, the Clippers, maybe right. Yeah. It, 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 if the Clippers really want to go all the way in, right, and you say, let's just let's try to form this big three. It's a little perimeter oriented, but but he's just an easier guy, I think, to to fit into your fold. And 
you don't have to worry about completely reshaping the system that you were going to play heading into this year. Those guys, the, the point guards, like Kendrick Perkins was out there talking about Chris Paul for the Lakers this year. One, mathematically speaking and cap wise, it's yeah. not I don't an option. see how it works. Yeah, it, it, it works. It's not really an option. But two, now you're hoping that LeBron and Chris Paul can figure out two very ball dominant players are going to be able to figure out what that's going to look like in, in a very short amount of time during an off season, by the way, where most, most of the focus for the Lakers is going to be on recovering. <laughs> they just finished playing a few, a couple weeks ago. So yeah. yeah, I, I think, I think some team out there is going to be very aggressive, maybe, uh, maybe even a handful of them because of the way that this season is constructed, but, but it, it's just, it's a big ask. I, I agree with you completely. It's a big ask to, to, to fit a star into what your regular team dynamic might be. We might even get also as part of this is just anytime you throw chaos into, into the mix, shortened schedule, shortened offseason, shortened training camp, all this stuff. I think it raises the odds for, especially when we talk about just playoffs, maybe not championship success, but just regular season success getting into the playoffs. It raises that possibility for the lesser teams. And those are, to me are the Memphises, the, the Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings, maybe even the Dallas Mavericks, the teams that were, or I guess the Mavericks were in last year, but maybe to climb. It just creates that extra little layer of chaos that says, okay, if a team gets hot in the regular season, 82 games, and they get hot for 10 games going a 10-0 winning streak, you know, maybe that's enough to completely save the season on its own. You have one 10-game winning streak, you're a playoff team, you know, but now with the 72-game season, with a tighter schedule, that two weeks of getting hot instead of being a 10-0 run, maybe that's a 12-0 run or, you know, a, everything gets a little bit more condensed. So I do think that we'll probably have an opportunity. Minnesota, you know, has some talent. Maybe they get hot early and it just carries them for longer. I think we'll see a little bit of that this year. There'll be a little bit of – I don't think we can sit down and say these are the eight best teams. These are going to be the eight playoff teams. I think there's going to be a lot more variables than usual. Last thing before we move on and, and get to your power rankings, do you think the basketball is going to be any good? I don't. I, well, the basketball, let me, let me rephrase this. I think the basketball will be good, especially if the NBA is able to reduce travel. If they are able to say like, okay, usually division teams play each other four times. Can we play two in a row? You know, you fly to Utah, you play two games, you fly to Denver, play two games. I think that can, we saw that in the bubble. The level of play was high, I think in part, because there was just less travel. So I think that there is an opportunity for that. But that being said, especially early on, with how much they have to play, with how little a training camp and offseason and all that stuff, I do think it'll be a little rushed, it'll be a little muted, and the early parts of the season, when I say early parts, the first two or three months of the season, I think might be a little bit you know, I, I, sloppy. I do, I do think we might even see some blowouts, which maybe is a good lead-in to uh, the powering. All right, let's go ahead and let, you, let, let that be the natural segue. I'm not as worried about the basketball. I think the league. What about injuries? Well, that's different. I don't consider that a a basketball thing so much as like that's just a human body thing. I'm just talking about the level. We're seeing this a little bit with the NFL though. The NFL opened up first two or three weeks. We saw a lot of injuries, and you thought, well, okay, well, what's the point? Why do we rush through this? Because now, so that could happen with the NBA. You get a handful of injuries early on. First two or three weeks, dude. The the Niners like half their roster (laughs) has COVID tonight. Uh, uh, anyway all right so let's go ahead and and let you kind of lead us into this and 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 talk to us about what the what the parameters of your power rankings were this week so the parameters were just little fixes for the nba to make it a little bit better or little tweaks just 
specifically for this year, maybe it becomes a test, a test run for things you can implement a little bit later. Um, and I like this one. I, I, I like some of the ones that I put together here. So I just teased, you know, blowout games. And we might get a lot of blowout games, okay? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to watch the garbage time. It's not that useful. We're already talking about having to play all these games. And if you start a game. But when that, will Michael Porter Jr. score? <laughs> well, come on, Lobo. That's not even that's not even accurate. That's not even a good one. You could have come up with a lot of better names, but they're uh, Lou Williams. So you can actually go to. Uh, <laughs> so if we look at it, you have the seventy-two games on your schedule. We can't take games off the table. That's what the league partners want. But do the league partners really want a fourth quarter with a thirty-point blowout when there's no energy in the building that night? Well, obviously, no energy in the building, <laughs> really, but no energy on the on the floor. So what if we made a twenty-point fourth quarter rule? If you get up by 20 points in the fourth quarter, at any point in the fourth quarter, the game is called. One reason I'd like this is, okay, the Lakers, let me paint a scenario for you. The Lakers are up against the Clippers. I'll make it happy for you. The Lakers are up against the Clippers by 13 points. Impossible. To start the it doesn't quarter. happen in the regular season. And we'll just say it happened, okay? <laughs> we'll say Actually, we'll say 15 points. 15 okay. points. LeBron might come out to start the fourth quarter. Anthony Davis might come out to start the fourth quarter and say, you know what? We're going for it. If we can put this thing, we're five points away from putting this thing away. Now, a 15-point fourth quarter, people, instead of tuning out, they're tuning in. It's league pass alert. The Lakers are about to 20-point the Clippers. This is becomes a whole new dynamic. You save a little bit of fatigue. There's a little bit more incentive for these teams. LeBron, he wants to take a rest day on a Wednesday because he's played a lot of games. What if instead you say, no, I know it's the Hawks. I know usually you would rest. Just go out there, put the game away at the start of the fourth quarter, and you get a light, light night. Maybe not stop it, stop it all together, especially given like what's going on right now. A certain somebody wants things to stop, counts to stop right oh now. Oh my, stop the count! They'll call it the stop the count rule. I love it. Yes, that's the day show. We figured it out. The stop, the NBA <laughs> stop the count. Oh my god! But I, I do, I do think. Uh, a running clock is is very needed in the NBA. Oh, like God. just, I can't well, believe you're taking my awesome. No, because you're taking my awesome idea of this like number. You can't tell me you wouldn't be. <laughs> just, you would rather. Uh, I'm just saying, if you have a game and it's the fourth quarter and you're like, oh my God, they only need to hit this three. Imagine you have the, that would be fun. It's so the you get the elam ending. Elam ending and a blow. It, it becomes an elam <laughs> ending of a blowout. Exactly. Like, all right. The, the Warriors are up 17 to start yeah. the fourth, and here's Curry. They've got the ball. Did he hit the three? shooting from 50? <laughs> of course. You knock this three out, you got 20 points. And then on top of that, all of my rules, all of my little tweaks I have here are designed to make the game more petty, which by extension makes us more excited. And you can't tell me that a team would not be just like so – I mean, you would – you might play – there might be no team that plays harder than the team down 19 points early in the fourth that's just like, we're not going to get 20-point rules here tonight. <laughs> yeah, they start fouling up – or they, they start fouling, you know, when they're three points away from being down 20, right? Down 17, yeah. they start fouling to make sure that they have to go to the free throw line to, to, to actually, like, not get knocked out in that This is moment. a great rule. Oh, my God, they need to put this in. <laughs> what's your – what's number four? That's That's – if we're going, if that's your fifth no, one it wasn't. Here. It wasn't. I moved it up. I, that was one of okay. my favorite ones. Well, I'm not going to lie. Um, my worst my, my worst one, and this again, I told you it's all about the petty. Uh-huh. We had the bubble. I've heard from everybody that was inside the bubble this last in this last bubble about how much trash talk there was and how great that was. The NBA muted it. Now, yeah. you might not be able to do this live, but we do mic'd up. You know, we do all these alternative, you know, you could log in and you could have the floor arena. 
look, guys, lean into it. This is what the people want. We want rivalries. Yes. Let us know what these guys are saying. Put the mic on the court. Let's let this happen. You know, you can bleep out things as they happen or what have you. You know, if there's something offensive, but let's let's let it happen. I've heard there's been some things said that that would shock people if they heard them. Let's put it on. And then also, this goes along with it. Relax on the text. Yeah. You know, I, I think one thing that happened in the bubble was the referees could hear everything and they just wanted to give everybody a tech, like, oh, watch your foul mouth. Relax on it. Let's there's nobody in the fans, there, there's nobody in the stands or, or only people in the suites. I guess we didn't talk about that. There's not gonna be that many people in the stands. Might as well just allow them to bring the atmosphere themselves. Yeah, I think in general we really need to lighten up on on our the way that we approach profanity. Come on. In 2020. <laughs> Right. If there's a if there's a single year where we should be allowed to just curse really loudly, it's 2020. That's what that's where we're at. Um, I I also really like the idea of of hearing the trash talk because apparently they get uh, if you're not Dwight Howard, they get pretty clever. Like the, some some of like some of the trash talking <laughs> gets really good. Like Dwight Howard had the super lame the Batman yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was that was yeah, I'm Batman. Awful. He's, yeah, yeah, it's it's your boy. But but. <laughs> But what were they calling? What were they calling Duncan Robert, Robinson? They were calling him uh, that one cartoon from when when you and I. I think it was a little after our time. But they were calling us like Johnny Rock. No, it's not Johnny Rockets. Whatever, whatever they were calling him. But but it was just it was just fantastic to like hear yeah. that aspect of it. And and also I want I want like a point scale. Like if you if there's a really <laughs> if there's a really good you know joke thrown out there or line thrown out there I, I i think they should get yeah. a point i think they should you know add that to the total yeah i'm, I'm with it number th- number three for me mm-hmm. the play-in tournament i think this one's going to happen anyway i yeah. just thought it i just thought it was great um if you're going to have a shortened season i just talked about the higher variance one injury maybe takes a team that should be in the playoffs out nobody wants to see that we got to make this play-in tournament happen um so at the nba had talked about the seven through ten seeds all having a chance to get into it i'm with it i want the more teams that have a chance to get into the playoffs in those final spots uh i'm in favor of yeah i like the idea of the play-in tournament a lot more also so the in major league baseball this year they expanded the the playoffs and it was a three-game series between the first and and you know the dodgers basically played all season for the opportunity to to have face two hot pitchers and have their season ended like in the very first round. Uh, that was pretty terrifying. But for, for the playing game, you, you, you avoid that, right? The Lakers aren't You know, whatever the Lakers wouldn't have been in that. The Clippers wouldn't have been in right, that. Right. The Nuggets wouldn't have been in that. Uh, and, and also the league is talented enough to where those games, like as we saw this year, yeah. those games can be fantastic. Those games can West, be great. In the West, yeah. Yeah, East, I mean, East, well, I'm not so certain. I mean, you're talking about your ten seed might be Atlanta. You know, I, I, oops, I guess entertaining, but I yeah, don't, well, we'll see. I, I, I mean, if I would also for like for them, I, I know this isn't one of yours, but I wish they would just do away with the conference seating and 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 then that's those. A good one. I should, I should have had that one. That, that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. that would be fun. Um, <laughs> right. Okay, number number four. We're almost we're almost getting here. Elam ending for overtime. This is another rule. You don't want. There's nothing worse than triple overtime in a regular season, especially if you're in a condensed schedule. Because you can see with the players. Do you see that sometimes? Oh, of course, of course. They're like, oh my god, we play tomorrow. But also, we want to create league pass alerts. And if you have like an eight point overtime, you know, it's like, oh, we got to watch this. We know exactly. Yeah. Every possession's great. (laughs) Overtime people when they don't like the elam ending, one of the things they say is like, oh, it messes with the stats. Like you know, like we. 
you, you want a game to be able to go long enough. He could have gone for 50, but the, you know, they ran up against the Elam ending. If you right. make it only for overtime, that doesn't become a problem. You had your 48 minutes to amass mm-hmm. whatever your stats were. It's all the same. Overtime, Elam ending, eight points or 10 points, whatever you want to make it. I'm realizing I'm talking a lot about baseball here, but they did that weird thing this year where they had the runners start on second base for extra innings, and a lot of people hated it. I didn't. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I, yeah. I thought it, it – Oh, man, it, baseball especially. You know, the 17th inning, you're just like, oh, come on, guys. Like, this is getting right? rough. They have, like, the right fielder pitching at that point, yeah. you know? And, and But, yeah, for basketball, that'd be fantastic. There should be – and then you could almost have – like basketball red zone on super busy nights where like it's it's getting get it's getting close and you can yeah. just kind of alternate between all of these games that'd be fantastic. Yeah. And the the last one this one has to happen. The schoolyard pick for the postseason. It has we're way overdue with this. The number yeah. 1 seed gets to determine who their play their team is. And here's what I like about this one especially this year Anthony. I think it's in some ways important, more important this year. Because I think there's going to be a lot of variance. Because a team like the Lakers, who should be favorites coming into the year, even though we don't know what their roster is going to look like, because they have LeBron and Anthony <laughs> Davis, that's good enough for me to know they're going to be favorites. Yeah. They might not be a one seed this year. They might not be a two seed. And Anthony, there's a chance they're a seven or eight seed. <laughs> and how unfortunate would it be if a team, you know, fights all the way to the one seed and it's like, oh, now you get LeBron James, who didn't take the whole regular season seriously, but here he is, and, and that's your matchup. Instead. <laughs> If you allow this year to say, no, the one seed gets to pick their appointment or their opponent, two seed gets to pick whoever's left, three seed, whoever's left, four seed, you do that. You create, not only is, is it, I think, in my opinion, more fair, but boy, does it create so much more drama. Doesn't the NBA want drama? <laughs> this could be a whole show where you actually yeah. have to have a representative that has to go on <laughs> and, and make this happen. To me, this has to happen. And this year makes the most sense of all because generally speaking, your one seed is a lot better than your eight seed and that's never – but this year, I just don't know if that's going to be as true as it, all, as it usually is. You know what this sounds a lot like, Adam? What's that? I'm going to be honest. Are you ready? This sounds a lot like a guy who roots for a Denver Nuggets team that is going to be probably at the top of the conference. The Lakers are going to take some time off and you just Maybe. don't want to see the – Hey man, it's it, it, what's called strike. a happy a happy accident or happy coincidence. <laughs> as soon as you started, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> but judge it on its own merits, though, for a second, though, because yeah, I actually no, think I, like I think it. actually I this and I think this year in particular, like, there's some years people say no, the tradition or this that, but this year in particular, I just think of, we want teams to have an incentive to go you know, hard through the regular season. And there's yeah. just not going to be, I, th- I think it's smart for a team like the Lakers who had already proven it, who we know is going to be good at the end. I think it's smart for them not to go for the one seed this year. I don't but think you don't want that doesn't mean that means you don't want to punish the teams that do. Yeah. I, uh, so this would, I guess, take place right after the play in tournament. Right. Yeah. So, and that's another reason for this because the Lakers saw that this year, right? Everybody else started scouting their teams and the Lakers didn't know who they had to scout. Was it, you know, was it going to be, uh, Memphis was it going to be Portland you don't want to you never want to create a scenario where the team that did the right thing and won through the regular season gets penalized <laughs> yeah that's what this is all about I like them I like them a lot I I think in a season like this and and just in general I I enjoy where they tweak some things here and there and yeah. and really have some fun with the way that the league kind of works within reason obviously you don't want to yeah. you don't want to go overboard on it but you know we we knocked the Elam ending when when it was first presented and the way it was presented back when it was uh thrown out there for last year's all-star game 
And that wound up being one of the most fun all-star games I have ever so watched. So fun. So it fun. was incredible. And hey, the, and now the, maybe not every tweak and every change, maybe they don't all go that same way, but this one, it, the, the more that you try it, the more often you could possibly stumble into to an Elam ending yeah. all-star game the way that they did. That was that was great. No all-star game this year. But I'm yeah. telling you, the 20-point rule, Anthony, don't tell me you wouldn't be <laughs> just an extra little excitement. Your team is up 18. Oh, yeah, you're into it. You're on the I edge like, of your I, seat. <laughs> somebody, somebody who, like, has never – it doesn't know that that rule is a thing, right? And LeBron comes off the bench up 17. <laughs> what is this guy doing? It's going to be great. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I Did you ever play, like, you, you grew up playing baseball, right? Oh, so the Mercy course. rule way back in the day. Oh, I 10-run oh, rule a lot of people. Yeah, it was always such a great moment, too, because the <laughs> other team's like, oh, okay, yeah, our game's over now. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Right. The other pair is like, well, good try, everybody. Anywho, that's going to do it for this episode and this week's episode of the Locked On NBA podcast. There's going to be a ton. We are heading into another Friday news dump, so I'm sure we are going to get some more information on uh, what this next season is going to look like. The actual schedule itself is going to drop, I would imagine, relatively soon. They they, they have to figure that out within a reasonable a reasonable amount of time. And then you got the draft, the aforementioned uh, race to team building that we're all going to go through. And and then we're right back at it with camp. So what looked like a potentially lengthier amount of time while we where we had to fill some time for our shows, it is now we are right back to having to focus right back in on this next season. So make sure you guys are tuned into all of the shows across the Locked On NBA network and then all of the Locked On shows uh, for whatever team that you happen to be supporting. That's going to do it, though, for this week's episodes, and uh, we will talk to you guys next Friday.